0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Tent Makers Podcast, where our aim is to make and grow disciples by magnifying the Lord and providing clear explanations of Scripture.
1: What you need to know is that salvation is by faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ. And faith alone in Jesus Christ is preceded and followed by repentance. Repentance a turning away from sin, a hatred for the things that God hates and a love for the things that God loves, a growing in holiness and a desire not to be like Britney Spears, not to be like the world, and not to be like the great majority of American Christians, but to be like Jesus Christ. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you.
2: And we're going to talk about one thing
1: What's wrong with you people?
2: I'm serious. God does not need you. And he's going to prove it one day because you're going to die and the world's going to keep on spinning at the same rate it was before you were here. And somebody's going to get all your stuff. I mean, this is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is and we don't know who we
0: are.
1: Welcome to episode 18 of the Tent Makers Podcast, brought to you by the Tent Makers Ministries. We're glad that you could join us on another episode. I know we're all excited to get back into it. And funny enough, this is what our second episode in the last three weeks, two weeks? Is that a new we're record a for roll. us? Yeah, I think it is. Hey, we're, we're, ge- we're getting up there. We're getting up there. So, how, uh, what, what how have you guys been doing since the last time we've recorded?
2: I'll go first. I've been okay. good. Just been working, doing college. Um, Still have a baby on the way. That's the same.
0: Um, We oh.
2: found out the gender, but it's a surprise. Can't tell you guys, except the tent makers already know. But other than that, no. I mean, same old, same old. How many weeks out is she now? We are at <laughs> seventeen weeks. She looked at me. She thought I was gonna get it wrong. but no, seventeen weeks, so we're getting close to
1: halfway, and uh yeah, it's exciting. That it is awesome. You started buying all the baby things, yeah, all of them
0: <laughs> What about you, Summit? I'm doing good. I'm still in school and still working and Um, I recently got my wisdom teeth taken out. That happened less than a week ago. So um, being here tonight and recording a podcast is an interesting decision.
1: We should definitely uh, take a poll to see if any of the people listening would want to uh, see those pictures of you. And or hear the message of the doxology that you presented to us.
0: Oh, man. yes. Listen, (laughs) I think that's classified... (laughs) video footage. Fun fact, I was so, like, so adamant about telling Jolie, like, please don't record me when I'm coming out of the anesthesia. I I don't want to be recorded. I don't want to be made fun of. And then on the drive home, I was so out of it. Like, I grabbed her phone and started recording myself. So I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what was wrong with me. Uh, That's awesome. Anyways. Okay.
1: What's going on in your life, Peyton? Man, I don't... Not a whole lot. Um, Taylor and I have been just doing a whole lot of BCM things, working with college students, um, making sure we're pouring into them, but yet still saving enough for each other, which is a constant challenge and a constant tug of war of things. Um, I feel like a lot of the times we're out just so busy doing good things that we forget, like, oh, crap. Hey, we're married. Like there's still things that we still need to do for each other as far as just being together with one another. And so um, that's all, always a constant struggle. I feel like within any kind of ministry position or even work um, position, just trying to find that time and make that time for each other. Cause it's, I know for me, it's very easy to just let that slide. And I know that's not good for me and it's definitely not good for my wife. So well, yeah, I mean, other than that, it's it's been a very rushed couple of weeks, I feel like. Hmm. February is definitely just flying on by
2: compared That's to January. For
1: sure. <clears throat> I feel like this whole
2: year has been flying for me, honestly. Like, I feel like it was just New Year's a week ago. Yeah. Ugh, it's crazy. But other than that, what have you guys been reading?
1: So I finally finished well, I say finished. I have ten pages left. I'm basically finished. Um finally finished reading the uh the book that I was reading by A.W. Tozer. Um Knowledge of the Holy. There it is. Knowledge of the Holy and I started reading um Joy in the Sorrows by Matt Chandler and Friends and a attempt to get more well rounded for a few articles that I personally will Lord willing be writing. Um so free listeners keep on the lookout for those. Probably won't be for a few probably months. But um yeah. And outside of just that and studying the word of random various topics that happen throughout the day. <clears throat> cool.
2: Hmm. Simon, what about you? Uh,
0: right now I'm reading through Deeper by Dane Ortland himself. Um, it's been pretty good so far. Uh, I'm not super deep into it yet. I did actually, I finished the, the last book, The Ten Commandments by Kevin DeYoung. Um, it was really good. I would like to take a small group through something like that one day. Um, but yeah, Deeper has been, um, for the most part, very, very good. Um, There are a few things that maybe I would say a little bit differently, but that's the nature of reading, right? Um, Other than that, uh, I've been, ironically enough, reading quite a bit through Philippians lately, um, which is kind of what we're talking about today, so (laughs) that's cool. Um, (laughs) What about you, Stephen? Yeah, so I am still
2: reading through Called to Preach by Stephen Lawson really good um i'm also listening to a book um kind of the thing i've started recently is i'm gonna read a book and listen to a book at the same time like during the same time period Not this seems same really time, hard but <laughs> <laughs> no no um so i've been listening to um lord of the rings actually cool and uh there's a guys 12 guys i think they got together and recorded it gave everybody different voices and had like the original soundtrack behind them. It's legit, but I've been listening to it and uh, it's been really good. That sounds uh, awesome. I've been reading through Drobe, mm, So that's been fun. Good old job. Yep. So other than that, no, I mean, I read some articles. What articles
0: you have, you been yeah. reading.
2: Oh, you know, the tip makers ministries and all kinds of stuff. Uh, but seriously, there is a new article on there uh, by a guy named Ben Neiser. Uh, go check it out. Go check out his stuff. It's really good. It is called What Happens When Nothing Happens.
0: Is that the title? What Happens After yeah. Nothing Happens. Something like that.
2: Yeah. After. Yeah. What Happens After Something Happens. It's really good. Or what happens after nothing yeah. happens. <laughs> I'll eventually get it what right. Do, Why don't we just ask Ben?
0: <laughs> he could tell us. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good article. We were excited uh, to no. have that featured in our library. All
2: right, so moving on,
0: how have you guys seen God working in your life or
1: praise reports? So with, um, well, one, with the business that Taylor and I, Lord Ruling started, we had our first... Um, Event, it was a hot chocolate bar, and so that went really well. But even more, I guess, spiritual, you can say. Um, we uh, we actually have been starting to tell people about this, so I'm gonna go ahead and let it go out on the episode now. Um, so a few weeks ago, probably a month ago now, Taylor and I met um, through FaceTime with a missionary campus pastor in. Edmonton, Canada. And so we, uh, we talked, and we, Taylor and I, actually have a vision trip um, planned out to go up to Canada in late June um, to kind of go check out the area, see what Canada's like, check out the city of Edmonton, um, and really just more or less pray um, for the people, one, the people of Canada. And obviously if you've paid attention to any kind of church international news, um Canada's a lot of the pastors have gotten a lot of flag. Some of them have been put in jail um, for holding church services and stuff like that. And so praying for those people, but also praying for our hearts um, and God's provision. And if it will be a spot where we could end up moving to Um, in the somewhat near future, not so near future, it'll still be a little bit um, before that would take place, Lord willing. Um, And so just kind of going through that is definitely a way that we I've seen God working in my life and just the heart to reach um, the nation's.
2: Awesome. Mm. That's good. Cool. Steven? Um, the Lord has been doing a couple cool things. Uh I presented my budget uh for moving to Utah to uh my college pastor. I guess our college pastor, Peyton's as well. Um, and he accepted it. Um he just recommended adding a little bit to um one of the budgets. But So that's cool We'll get to take the next steps in that And we're going to Utah Summit and I With a group Are going to Utah over spring break So that'll be exciting To get to see the people Again and pray And uh, just get to share the gospel And see what happens Uh, Mm -hmm. But yeah Looking forward to moving at the end of the year And be praying for me in that
0: but anyway, Summit. What about you? Yeah. Um, so definitely, I mean, just with this whole trip to Utah that's coming up. So I don't know if we've really talked about it much on the uh, podcast itself, but I want to use this as an opportunity to do so. So here in just a few weeks, uh, come spring break, Stephen and um, and his wife and and my wife and myself and my bastard and and some other people, we're all going to be going up to. Uh, Utah, up to Provo, where Paige and Stephen will be moving here within the next year, and we are uh, going with the goal of sharing the true and the biblical gospel with um, uh, with Mormons who, you know, believe a false, unbiblical gospel, and so we want to go and uh, really just love them in the most loving way that we possibly can, which is to share the biblical Christ with them. So we want to encourage uh, you guys, you listeners, to just be in prayer for all of us who are going on that trip. Um, of course, not only for for you know safety and, and uh, for finances and all of that stuff, but that we would be able to genuinely, um, lovingly, boldly share the gospel and that there would be some there who would uh, receive it uh, by supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. So we're excited about that. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on in our lives lately that we are excited about and we would just ask that you again would be in prayer for us as we go on this trip be in prayer for Peyton and Taylor as they go do their thing um and uh yeah the lord's doing a lot right now and as he always is but <laughs> so you guys want to get into the discussion today let's do it
2: uh Peyton. Why don't you introduce us to this one?
1: Yeah, so uh, episode 18, another Christian cliche, whether it's like our fourth one, maybe. I think so. Um, yeah, so this one is definitely, I know for my life has been, I don't necessarily say it's something that I've lived by, but it's something I've been around a lot. And for a lot of you that are in FCA, um, athletes, generally speaking, it gets, it gets put out there. And frankly, if you go to Hobby Lobby, it's probably on a sign somewhere. But mm-hmm. um, so episode 18, cliche, I can do all things. Mm. Um, and so I know I kind of mentioned where I've seen it most common. Um, is there any other other places that you guys have seen it um, around?
0: Yeah. So yeah. I'll let you go first. Sure. Yeah. No, I think you already mentioned, I mean, um, like sports and hobby lobby as much as I love getting some home decor from hobby lobby, man, that place can be a factory of cliches, uh, <laughs> bumper <laughs> stickers, coffee mugs, uh, uh, journal <laughs> covers, Instagram bios, you name it. I mean, this is everywhere. I can do all things. Philippians 413, baby. Um, we live by it we, <laughs> we we like conjure it up to get um some kind of heavenly strength to do what we are wanting to accomplish it's uh it's a it's a fun mess, so Stephen, do you see it anywhere else just facebook facebook
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know facebook theologians <laughs> that's,
0: Hey, that's kind of what tent makers is in a way, but you take back. <laughs> <laughs> so, can we can we take a minute and and uh, just talk about this cliche? So, not just necessarily what is this cliche on the surface level, but like what do what do people mean when they quote Philippians four thirteen, or they say I can do all things through Christ? What are your thoughts on that? What what are people saying?
1: So, I know from what I've seen and. Personally, honestly, I probably thought that's the same thing um, at one point in my life. But just the hope in that person that they put in themselves. So, for example, I can do all things. um, Right there is a selfish call for me to demand from God to give me strength to be able to do what I want to do and to do it well or to succeed. Um, and so I think a lot a lot of it is more self-centered around God, give me strength for whatever reason. No, I demand your strength for whatever reason to be able to succeed in this. Generally, I mean, at least for my life, sports um, get us this win or let me have a good game. Or even if it's been a long game and I'm tired, God, give me strength because I want to get through it or I know I can do it. Hmm. Um, so I think that's, at least from what I've seen, what I've experienced, um, a lot of why it became a cliche and kind of the hope behind it, I guess you could say. Sure.
0: Yeah.
2: Um this cliche, um I know a lot of, outside of, like, athletes and stuff like that, a lot of um, adults will use it, and they'll um, use it in situations that don't really need it. Like uh they'll say they're going through a trial or something, and mm-hmm. it really may be a trial, or it may not be, honestly, Um uh, in America, we think the slightest inconvenience is a trial <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, we're going through the fire. Mm-hmm. So, um, people will get a flat tire and say, I can do all things. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it, it's something that, and here it comes. Cultural Christianity <laughs> has taught <laughs> us it and it has flourished into. So, it's just, it's a gross misuse of scripture. And it's everywhere.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, and you guys saying these things makes me think of another place that we might see this used. Um, and that's behind the pulpit, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: When people use Philippians 4.13... I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And they take it out of context and they use it in this cliched manner. It really becomes um, a word of faith kind of thing. You're, I mean, you're, you're taking this verse and you're like reciting it and, and uh, really trying to force yourself to believe by thinking, I can do all things, I can do all things, um, in hopes of creating a better situation for yourself. And you're totally removing it from its context and its original meeting, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, no, I think unfortunately we see this in the church um, and not just the American church, but anywhere that the prosperity gospel or word of faith movement has infiltrated. So that's unfortunate.
1: Yeah. So what, uh, I mean, do you guys have kind of anything else to add on this hope? Um, of what, why people use this cliche a whole lot?
2: No, I don't have anything to add. I think uh, we covered the basis of what most people use it for.
1: Yeah. So let's, how about we do this? Um, And I'll kind of explain a little more about, um, for you listeners, kind of whenever, because whenever this verse comes up, um, at least as I'm reading through, I'll kind of give a little more of why I picked this verse. Um, and so I'm going to go ahead and we're going to get into like the more of the background, the history, um, kind of the meaning of Philippians in general, but more so of the chapter in which it is in. So I'm going to go ahead and free listeners and I'm going to read Philippians 4, 10 through 13. Here we go. I rejoice in the Lord greatly What's funny is I remember once I kind of got through this idea of I can do all things through him who strengthens me, I actually didn't touch um, Philippians 4 for a long time. Um, it would come up in youth groups, like kids would say it, and I would just not necessarily dismiss it, but I would neglect it. Like I wouldn't just I wouldn't answer their questions or even say, I think you're taking that verse out of context or anything. And what's funny about that is at one point I was going through a study plan and it brought me through Philippians four. Well, I wasn't about to just not read it, you know, but I actually kind of forgot that it was there. And I think that's kind of also the problem with this verse is people highlight it so much in midst of what all of at least these four verses are really talking about. And so, um, summit, I think you had some thoughts on Philippians in general. Um, at least what the letter was, uh, what the letter talks about or Paul's purpose for writing it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not going to go super deep at all, but, it is important, if we're going to talk about the context of one verse, we have to talk about the letter as a whole, right? So what does really all of the letter of Philippians talk about? What is Paul? So Paul is the author, the Apostle Paul. He's the one who wrote this letter called Philippians. He was writing it to the church in Philippi. Um, So we want to ask, what does it talk about? What are kind of some common themes that we see through it? And really, why did he write it? Um, Which the answer to that question kind of comes from the themes that we see. Uh, So just a few themes that we see all through these four chapters. We see the theme of joy um, slash rejoicing. We see the theme of perseverance. We see the theme of living in light of the gospel. Really, I think that Philippians is, has so much to do with the Christian life. Um, of course, all of Scripture does, but I think that that's what Paul spends the bulk of his uh, words addressing, is is the Christian life. How do you live in light of the gospel um, when certain situations are applied to you, whether you're living in abundance or in need, facing persecution Or life is great, right? Um, So, Paul does a lot of addressing the Christian life. That's not everything, of course, but that's a huge part of Philippians. So, we know that Paul was writing to fellow believers, right? He was writing to the church in um, Philippi. So, he was writing to Christians, and he was instructing them on how to rejoice in the Lord, really, in any and every circumstance. So, Kind of in part, Philippians was a thank you letter um, because the church in Philippi sent a guy named um, Epaphroditus to bring Paul financial support because Paul was actually writing this letter from prison. Um, and so Paul was in prison and the church sent a guy named Epaph- Epaphroditus to bring him some support. Uh, and so Paul was he sent this letter back with him kind of as a as a thank you. But that's not the only reason why Paul wrote Philippians. Um, So the church in Philippi, like most of the first century churches, was facing a lot of persecution. So really just kind of wrap this up. Paul's letter to them was a loving reminder of the hope and joy that they have in Christ as believers. So that's a little bit of the background, some of the context of Philippians um, so that we know what's going on when we get to these verses here.
1: Yeah, that was a really good summary, not going to lie. Thanks. Um, I would look look at it on, uh, uh, what's that, spark notes? I I would use it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, yeah, I think we also, and you mentioned this, I mean, Paul's circumstances and why um, he wrote this really just magnifies more so why this passage is, or this verse in particular, is so great. Um, and just the fact of being able to have someone we can rely on that is the almighty sovereign king over everything. Um, So without getting too deep, I'm just going to digress with that. But I do think, obviously, and something like you said, there's so much we can dive into here, but I think we... Also, need to highlight a little more about the word, at least these three, four verses, um, and just kind of the terminology that is used, kind of the main focus of it all. Um, and I think one thing that sticks out to mind is this idea to be content, as Paul says in verse 11. Um, is the same language that Paul used. Um, Whenever he was talking to Timothy, um, whenever he wrote his letter to the Corinthians, um, where he was speaking in continuation of him boasting and things that he could boast in about himself, but he more or less refrains from it and boasts really all about the things that show his weaknesses Um, and just exemplifying just how much they're really how much of a sinner that he really is and how much he needs God and he really needs God to be content in that. And it's also the same language that he uses in or not Paul, but the writer in Hebrews um, thirteen five where it says, Be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. So we see this idea of to be content, as Paul's kind of stating here. So why why would that phrase um more or less kind of impact the way we read verse 13.
2: Yeah. So um, the phrase is coming from verse 11. As you have stated, to be content is to be satisfied in all situation, not whenever I win a football game or (laughs) whenever I change my flat tire or anything or anything like that. It's to be content In all situations Um, Specifically when we think of Paul's Situation uh, He was not having a good time here I mean realistically uh, He was in jail I think uh, as Summit stated earlier Um, So to be content In that And to not need anything else Only God uh, Is important Because it takes out the The way we use it today as I use we loosely um, as we use it for our motivational speech. Um, it, it really puts the focus back on what it is to be and being content in Christ and Christ alone.
1: And I think it's also um, and we could also dive a little more into just more or less what verse 10 was talking about um, as far as Paul's contentment and how he's kind of highlighting this here. I mean, cause you have to also re listeners. You have to understand like Paul wasn't personally reading this to them. Um, there was a messenger bringing it back to them and he was more or less just an actor. I'm um, reading a script. And so whenever, I mean, you can imagine the Philippians hearing this and them knowing Paul is in prison and he's literally saying i've figured out how to be content regardless of whatever situation and now that's not mm-hmm. the first time that Paul's been was in prison um nor was it the only um hardship that Paul ever faced and so and i also think a lot of experience um does play into Paul's reason for being content um because mm-hmm. he was um, some scholars would argue he at one point died from the stoning some would say they were mis identified him as being dead regardless of whatever it is he was pretty freaking close to death um, <laughs> and so he in that moment he had no strength like there's nothing that he could really do so what did he, could he do rely on God rely on his mm-hmm. hope in Christ um And so I do think there's also this kind of experience that you kind of just gain the more life you live according to God's word or the more life you live for the sake of Christ, as Paul would say earlier in Philippians.
0: Um, Yeah.
1: And, you know, just kind of moving on a little further, he says this phrase, all things, um, And this is kind of getting more into verse 13. I can do all things. Um, And I think Stephen really hit this on the head. Um, He was talking about being brought low and abounding, facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And that's what kind of this all things encapsulates. Um, It's not just winning a game. It's not just playing well. It's not just being any kind of successful. Maybe you win a championship. That's not what the all things talks about. It's literally talking about just where you're at in your life, really. I mean, we've all gone through roller coaster. I mean, life itself is roller coaster of emotions, um, hardships, struggles, and so when Paul is talking about all things, it's literally saying ever since I've started this life in Christ, whatever reason, like all of it was for the sake of Christ. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of what brought him to this point of through him who strengthens. Uh, And so.
0: Yeah. And if I can uh, just bring up a point, I think that we have the tendency a lot of times to read this passage and think that this is only applying to when we're in um, the low situations or facing hunger or facing need. But notice that Paul doesn't just say when he's being brought low, he says, and abounding and facing plenty and abundance. So it's not just about being content with Christ and rejoicing and, and being fine when things are bad. It's about being content in Christ and in Christ alone when things are good. When you uh, win the big game, are you content in Christ or are you content in winning the big game? When you get your flat tire changed, are you content with uh, having your tire changed and now you can get on your way or are you content in Christ and in Christ alone? It's any kind of situation, it's not just the valleys. Um, or 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 the steeps of the uh of the roller coaster to continue with that analogy it's the peaks as well are you content with christ are you satisfied in christ in all things not just the lows
2: yeah that's good um going on i know we've all kind of hit on it already but uh it talks about uh, through him who strengthens uh, this is talking about who our strength comes from. Uh, So I ask you guys, it's kind of a fastball down the middle, but uh, who is this who that Paul is talking about?
0: Peyton, do you want to answer this question?
1: Yeah, I I think I can answer this question. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, if it's not about me, then I guess it has to be about Christ. <laughs> i mean because <laughs> if you really look at it like if you're listening in on this we've said a lot of, even just on of our podcast in general we said a lot of it's not about us it's all about christ um and so carrying out that same mindset as we should read through scripture um we see this who, this him who provides the strength for us well it's christ um, within us, and so and I think even more so as we look at Ephesians 6:10, it says, "Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. First um, 1 Timothy 1:12 even kind of uses the same strength in where he says, "I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus, our Lord." So I think the answer to the question, it's him and him alone, whether Mm -hmm. that be, as you were saying, Summit, in the good times, the bad times, and the neutral level, lukewarm times. um, The moment we start thinking that we can do things on our own is a very serious moment that we need to check ourselves with Scripture.
0: And you know... Given that the letter of Philippians is so heavy on the theme of the Christian life, we have to remember as well that the Christian life is a life that is um, about unity, a union with Christ. It's about being in Christ and Christ being in me. So when Paul is talking about um, learning the secret to uh, be content in every circumstance, he's not, he's not saying that um, he's not saying I can do all things through Paul. Right, he's not saying that I strengthen myself. It's the strength which comes from Christ that gives uh, gives us the ability to be content in every situation. The key to contentment is not found within ourselves and our own efforts. It's found in having a union with Christ and and walking with Him.
1: Yeah, that's good. And even just to kind of add on to that, I love, I love just chapter three in general. Um, Or at least I guess the first 10 verses of it, where it's talking about how Paul is like challenging him, like, well, you have this reason to boast. Well, I have more. Um, You have this reason that you can do things. Well, I have even more reasons. But then he goes on and he says in verse seven, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. And if that is not our heart cry, as we read through a lot of these verses, then we really have to ask ourselves the question of, are we really saved by the gospel? Um, Because the gospel that saves is the gospel that we are going to risk our life for. uh, Mm -hmm. And for the sake of his fame. So I was just, I was reading that and I was like, Man, that's that's it. That's literally all that it's yeah. about, um, which helps us to read verse thirteen. Mm-hmm. And if I am to challenge the you listeners, um, if you only read one verse in Philippians and that is four thirteen, I, I would suggest actually, man, you can even listen to it. Like, you don't yeah. even have to read. It. Like just listen, listen to all of it. I mean, it's only four chapters. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's like, what is that, 42 verses, 72 verses, uh, maybe like 100, 150, 130 verses, I think is what it is. Um, you can knock that out in less than 30 minutes. Like, it's not going to be that much. Just go through and read all the Philippians. And see where Paul's heart is at. While keeping in mind, this is written from prison. Because I know for me personally, I can't fathom prison. I don't know what it's like. I've never been in it. I don't think you guys (laughs) (laughs) have ever been in it. No, Peyton, I have not. (laughs) Are we recording
2: this? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, that's good. That's really good. Um, so yeah. know that we um, have defined what some of the terms mean in this passage. Uh, how does this change or provide more insight to what Paul is trying to present uh, to the Philippians? I know we've kind of already talked about that, uh, but is there anything else you guys want to add on to or bring up about that?
0: Sure. Um, so, I mean, it's so easy to take Philippians 4.13 out of context and just run with it. Like, (laughs) it doesn't get much easier than looking at a verse like this that says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And just like grabbing that and being like, yes, that sounds great. It's so easy to take this out of context. But when we examine it carefully, as I hope we've done in this episode, we see that Paul is not saying what so many people believe him to be saying, right? Um, so this passage, like, I, I really just want to, want to point this out. And this is what Peyton was getting at as well. It's so much more rich than most people think it is. So if we, if we chalk Philippians 4, 413 up to something that it's just not saying, then we miss the beautiful reality of Christian contentment that Paul is actually writing about this passage is supposed to be encouraging to us, but so many people have tried to turn it into like a fluffy slogan with no real grounding. Like I can say all day, I can do all things. And then if I try to like jump off a building and fly, because I believe I can do all things, that's just a fluffy (laughs) slogan that's going to cause me to end up dead in 30 seconds or less. Right. It has no grounding, but like, If if we actually look at this verse in its context and, and ask, what is the Lord speaking through Paul? Then we find something that's far richer and far more beautiful than anything that we could craft or, or, uh, or run with it uh, or make of our own um, wishful thinking, if that makes any sense at all. So, yeah, just again, you know, people treat this verse like it's, like a magic lamp, right? Like if you say it enough, a genie will come out and grant your wish. But <laughs> it's so much more powerful than that. It's not about winning the Super Bowl. It's a it's about Christian contentment. And that's so much richer than the cliche it's become to so many people. So that's all I have for that.
1: Yeah. No, that's really good. Um and also just piggybacking off that if I'm gonna read verse nineteen, and keep in mind. Um, Paul talking to church in Philippi and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Um, and that kind of also piggybacks off of to just the strength that God provides um, and just the character of him being the provider But we also understand it's for his glory and it's according to his will. And so does God necessarily will you to win a football game, a basketball game, a championship? No. I mean, I think I can confidently (laughs) say no. I mean, his will is not um, that simplistic or that minimal, I guess you can say. Um, Could he use that for his glory? Absolutely. But we also understand his will is for his glory, the knowledge of him to be spread through all nations. And so I think Mm -hmm. that's a lot of what, uh, also along with what some said, obviously he stole all the good parts. Um, That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Fun to add something there. I think it's also more crude, uh, also adds value whenever we talk about um, that he does it. He gives us strength, one, as a provider, but two, um, for his glory and according to his will. So considering what we just read through, seen from scriptures, um, what can we or what should we take away from this passage? Um, How should we be encouraged by it? Um, Really, how should we encourage the listeners um, who are trying to navigate through this who may may even be struck by the word opening up to them um, in a different, more godly light. Yeah. I would uh,
2: recommend encourage if this is news to you, if this is the first time you're hearing this and you're confused or you don't like it, Or just confused in general I encourage you to go read The entire book of Philippians Um, There's sirens going on in the background Anyways uh, I encourage you to read the book In its entirety And not just the one verse um, So that you can see The things that we've been talking about The beauty of all of it Um, As some have said The beauty in Christian contentment um, and just finding um our joy, our purpose, and our strength in him who gives all things and does all things um and ultimately glorifies himself through us,
0: yeah, just that's all good um my my thoughts I'll keep this short for any uh believer trying to navigate through this passage, I would just say that you know um sometimes life is great sometimes life sucks and paul knew the realities of that um more than i do but we know that contentment is real we can be content as christians non-believers have no basis to be content in fact a non-believer has every reason and only uh, reasons to be anxious. A non-believer has no reason or no way to truly be content, because ultimately their end is more wrath. Like, like the sucky realities of life that we experience now are um, not even met with the fruition of God's wrath. Like we all, non-believer or Christian, experience the common grace of God here on earth now, but Christians have the ability to be satisfied in Christ. In whatever situation, when life is great, when life is not great, we have the ability to come to Christ because we we are united to Christ, right? And so if if you're trying to navigate this passage and kind of trying to understand um how do I apply this to my own life and walk with the Lord? Understand that Christ is your strength. Um yes, work out uh, trying to find contentment and 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 really fight for it, of course. But you're not really going to find it until you rest in knowing that Christ is your strength. Um, so I would just encourage you to rest in that, to trust
1: in that. Yeah, I agree with both of what you guys said. I don't think there's any, anything more that I can add. Grant, I feel like I talked a whole lot on this episode, but we like when you talk, definitely. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Encourages me. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Yeah. So hopefully
0: we have done what we set out to do with this episode. The goal of all of our episodes in the uh, series we call today's cliche is to um, really hold these cliches up to the light of the Bible. And, ask this question, is it biblical? So, you know, I, I kind of would like to close by just asking you guys that question. Of, <laughs> It's a little bit different with this cliche. Of course, saying I can do all <laughs> things through Christ who strengthens me is biblical. In fact, it's in the Bible. But <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys, is <laughs> the cliche, meaning how it's used as a cliche, is
1: that biblical? I will say no. Um, but here's the beauty of it it's a whole lot more rich when it's actually put into the context of what it's talking about if only people will get there too mm-hmm.
0: Steven
2: yeah I, uh, I agree with Peyton I think it's not biblical in the way that they use it although I think, I think regardless of how they use it It kind of still fits into the context of all things, but I think their heart behind it is what makes it unbiblical. Whether they're willingly distorting it or just regurgitating what they saw on Facebook, um, I think the intent and the lack of digging into scripture makes it unbiblical. Mm.
0: Sure, I would agree with that. Um, okay. Yeah. So if somebody says like, to use a a popular example today, if somebody gets a flat tire and they go to this and say, I can do all things to Christ. That's not unbiblical. It's not. Um, I would even go as far as to say it's fine, but like you're saying, Stephen, the heart behind it really determines, like, is is the usage of it biblical? Um, so in that sense, it's a little bit more nuanced. There is a sense in which it's just a hard no. If I'm saying I can do all things in a way that's like, I'm, I'm trying to, like, speak something into existence or, like, conjure up a reality, like, <laughs> it's unbiblical because that's just not what it means biblically. It's not, like, Paul's not saying I can, like, literally do anything that my mind can imagine he's saying in all things I can be content. Right. So is it biblical? Good question. <laughs> Peyton, you want to, you want to bring us to a close with the, uh, with all that good stuff. Yeah, I can do that.
1: Well, I mean, we talked about a lot. Um, and so this episode's starting to get kind of a little more on the lengthy side. But no, it was definitely really good. Um, So we're just going to go ahead and uh, Do you guys have anything that you'd like to add or that we may have missed. Um, Obviously, for you listeners, there's a whole lot more there than what we talked about. Um, But do you guys have anything else that you would like to add?
0: Yeah, no, um, not really. Just like you're saying. So for those of you who are listening, I know how it goes when I listen to a podcast and the people who are speaking, I hear them saying everything and my mind goes to a hundred different places. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Um, that makes sense because of this or, Oh, this scripture applies here. Um, and stuff like that. So I have all these other thoughts as well and connections. So I want to ask you guys, you listeners to send those to us, send those, uh, send us those connections that you think of as you're listening. Maybe like if you're driving down the road, how about you wait until you park your car and get somewhere, uh, and then do it, please. But uh, we love your feedback, so so please send us your thoughts and ideas and comments, or uh, even your protests. We we'd love to hear it. No, we don't want those. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding.
1: <laughs> well, I guess that's uh that's it for this cliche. Um, thank you for listening into another episode on the Tent Makers Podcast, brought to you by the Tent Makers Ministries. Um, If you haven't already, go give us a like or follow on Facebook at Tent Makers Ministries, on Instagram at Tent Makers Ministries. Reach out to us with those um, comments, questions, concerns, um, protests at tentmakersthepodcast at gmail.com. Also, go check out our updated website um, in case you missed it in the last episode at tentmakersministries.com. Here you will find the latest information, articles, podcasts, and soon, eventually, training resources and book reviews by the tent makers and friends. Um, And so we will send you off with Paul's final words to the Romans, his doxology. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to